the game. This is Love Set Match. I mean, Andre Agassi had this goal, you don't have to be better than everyone else in the draw when you go out on the court. Like, you have to be better than someone that's across the net. I think you got to stay active in a sport sense, you know, go out there, do some sports. I think it always makes you feel better, maybe more tired in the very moment, but actually the rest of the day feels better. And then I think giving back as well, you know, making other people happy is going to give you a good feeling too. Hello and welcome to Tennis Pal Chronicles, the podcast to feed your passion for all things tennis. This podcast is sponsored by Tennis Pal. Tennis Pal for iPhone and Android is an app for anything tennis. It connects you with other players and coaches to chat, schedule playtime, and share moments with. Download the app today. Unfortunately, my co-host Valerie couldn't join me today, but she is safe and doing well, just super busy with her new job. This podcast is full of very practical information and actions to improve your tennis. My guest today is Marsha Gray, who is a certified yoga instructor and a passionate tennis player. She's going to be sharing her story and how yoga is her secret weapon to tennis fitness. Stay tuned as she shares some great yoga exercises that will improve your serve, and your unit turn for your strokes. Marsha is a U.S. Navy fitness trainer and has helped some of the fittest human beings on the planet to pass their Navy physical readiness test. She's had an amazing fitness life, including leading Navy officers through fitness workouts on the decks of aircraft carriers and naval warships. I mean, who does that? Marsha is an ACE certified personal trainer ACE certified group exercise instructor and is certified for TRX fitness and prenatal fitness. So you can bet she knows what she's talking about. Most important to us here at Tennis Pal Chronicles is that she's super passionate about tennis and has fallen in love with the sport. She is developing a workbook for tennis yoga, which she hopes to have available in the upcoming weeks, but you get to have some of those yoga-specific exercises right here on our podcast. Let's check in with Marsha Gray, who joins us via Skype from her home in Virginia. So Marsha, thank you so much for joining me on the Tennis Pal Chronicles podcast. Oh, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you so much. I'm a tennis nerd and a tennis nut, so <laughs> I think this is a going to be a great conversation. So, <laughs> well, we talk on a day that is kind of um, epic because you are in Virginia. Is that right? I am in Virginia. Yes, and it, I am currently in Virginia. Yes, and from what I understand, Virginia just yesterday declared a statewide stay at home for the COVID coronavirus pandemic. Correct. So we are all now, if at all possible, working from home, telecommuting, teleworking. I myself, as a fitness professional and yoga instructor, am live streaming my classes from my living room. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all new and, you know, the pets walk in and out and, you know, people ring the doorbell. So, you know, it's all real life. But, um, you know, it's at least I, it's another way, even though we're all separated, we can still 
be together, but in a different form. Right. I think we're all having to relearn the idea of connectivity in a new way. And it feels very futuristic, but at the same time, it feels very disconnected in a lot of ways. So I'm really grateful that we get to connect. Now, you guys have been in the uh, stay-at-home order for a while, um, if I remember correctly. Yes, California has been. uh, I think it's now three weeks, and it has been a learning process for everyone here in California, and we're really struggling. They're saying that the next two weeks are really going to be the most dangerous for all of us and the, that the the numbers are going to spike. So, you know, it's a very crazy time. It's a very frightening time, full of fear. And at the same time, you still, I literally every day I get a it text is, from someone who wants to play tennis. <laughs> I know. I do too. And people are like, Marcia, do you want to play? you want to play? I'm like, uh, I have a job. But as soon as I wrap it up, I'm out there. I'm out there. But yeah, I mean... Now, you teach primarily outdoors, is that correct? We, Yeah, we only have outdoors in Southern California. So I've talked to a lot of people on the East Coast, and I know that there's an indoor season and an outdoor season because of the weather. But here in Southern California, mm-hmm. it's all outdoors. There is no indoor. I know. I, I lived years ago in San Diego as well as the Bay Area. So I can't deny I really miss that weather. <laughs> So yeah, so that probably hasn't filtered your business so much as far as at least other than being more mindful of the social distance and maybe um, only one person using the ball hopper and such like that. I mean, is that kind of how it translates for you? The whole thing has been shut down. So uh, I'm the director of tennis for Azusa, the city of Azusa, and the whole city shut down all recreation programs, all courts, everything. Uh, weeks ago. So they actually locked the courts so that people would not be gathering there because people were still playing and they still are today. And I really want to encourage all of our listeners to stay at home. Even though you feel like you can go and play on the tennis court by yourself and practice, what happens is for, for myself, I'm kind of one of the leaders of our kind of community group. And so if I go out there and play, everybody will say, oh, well, PK's out there playing, so we should all go out and play with PK. And it just becomes an immediate community gathering again. And so if we all have the mentality, uh, I'm just going to go practice by myself, you'll have 20 people on the court. And it's really very, very hard. It's a beautiful day here in Southern California, and it's so hard to not go to the tennis court. Right. Uh, Marsha Gray, you're a certified personal trainer, and what I think is so interesting in reading your bio is that you were a fitness trainer for the U.S. Navy, a certified trainer for the U.S. Navy, where you did TRX and prenatal fitness. Tell us about that experience. How did you end up being a fitness trainer for the Navy? And I feel like that's a lot of pressure, isn't it? To be Because <laughs> these are some of the fittest people in the world, aren't they? They really are. And it was a little daunting at first. I'm thinking, okay, I want to be, I always was passionate about fitness. I said in my bio um, that I was kind of a self-described gym rat. I was like the endorphin rush of exercise and weight training and staying in shape. Um like to water ski, like to bet, play basketball, et cetera. But as I was uh, introduced to the Navy and working out in the military gyms, people would often ask me for tips and, hey, what do you think about that? Oh, what's that move that you're doing on that machine? And so I'd be, you know, I'd say, oh, it's this or that. And, and or sometimes they would just come up to me 
And I'm back in our Walkman days, I might add. Nice. <laughs> when we used to have Walkman. And uh, and they'd say, are you a trainer? And I said, no, no, no. And I got that enough times where people would ask me questions that I thought to myself, you know, I really think that that would be a better fit for me. I think that that maybe something I love to do, absolutely love helping people. I like educating people much like you do with your tennis career. So I took the liberty and got myself certified as a personal trainer and then a certified group exercise instructor. Being the community that I was working out was the military base. And so I thought, you know, let me see if I can kind of, you know, see if I can get, you know, put my, get my toes wet and see if I could maybe work there. Well, lo and behold, um, they hired me and boy, what a phenomenal experience that entire that entire Navy fitness trainer uh, job afforded me. I mean, it was just, and I can't speak for like the other end of the spectrum from like maybe a, um, a one life or a planet fitness, which they have back here, what it's like in that community. But as a military Navy fitness trainer, yes, the standards are very, very high. So not only did I have to instruct and show and demonstrate and design programs for the military to keep in shape for their PRTs, also known as a physical readiness test that they would have twice a year. But I also had to up my fitness level because I didn't want to be up there going hacking along up, you know, or just, you know, <laughs> guys, hold on, give you a couple seconds. So I had to up my, my fitness level as well. So, you know, I was exposed to people from all over the world, all different cultures, made lifelong friends, military spouses, military service members, retirees, Department of Defense, civilians, everyone that had access to work on the base had access to, to come work out in the gym. So um, I got great experiences with um, foreign military that would come, dignitaries that would come on base and they'd want to work out. So um, either do some personal training with them or a group training. Also, just all different walks of life, all shapes and sizes, all people that have come from um, a high level of sports um, training to Navy SEALs to people that are, you know, pretty much I call them desk drivers, people that never really was were into fitness and they worked for the Navy and they've been behind a desk for 20, 30 years and knew that they should probably stay in shape. But yeah, it's just I'm just here at my job and putting my time in until I can retire. So um those were the kind of people that I really like to work with the most because those people immediately saw results. All looked and said, you know, I need to get in shape. I need to um, I'm going to, I'm thinking about starting a family or I'm going to become a grandmother or a grandfather. I want to be able to keep up with my grandkids. So really interesting people that would come into my office, seek uh, nutrition advice, um, seek, um, specific goals and what they wanted to do. Obviously lose weight was, a, was a, um, a popular one, just you know, that, that human connection that you can make with people. And, you know, I really care about each and every single one of my clients that I've ever worked with and I wanted to help them. And if their 
exercise didn't quite look like mine. I just made sure with no judgment that they knew that everybody's body mechanics are different and that your exercise looks different from mine, but you're still doing the exercise and you're still benefiting your body. You know, great opportunities to work with um, Navy people on the flight decks of ships out at the beach with, you know, big commands of people. It was just a really great experience and I loved every moment of it. Absolutely. Well, that has to have been amazing to have led uh, classes on the flight decks of U.S. Navy ships. I mean, what was that like? Uh, It was kind of uh, surreal, to be honest. Um, You're just looking around and you're seeing all this, you know, radar and, and all these, you know, some of them are nuclear powered and you know, some of them are brand new because this is the world's largest Navy base. So you'd get the brand new ships, you know, the ones that kind of look sh- like ships of the future um, that would be right, you know, right across the street from the water, waterfront fitness gym where I, where my office was. And um, it's just this huge floating ship sometimes of, you know, if it's fully uh, manned for like a deployment, there's like 3000 sailors on board. There's um, there's an operating room, right? There's a dental clinic. There's a barber shop. There's a little, um, you know, there's a bank. It's really like its own community there. And there's a gym. Yeah, it really is. It's like a floating city. Not as glamorous as maybe like a cruise ship. <laughs> but, um, but really, quite honestly, I mean, um, the, uh, those uh, sailors um, all had what they needed when they were out you know, serving their country. So it was just really cool. It just took a couple of moments to just look out over on the water and just go, oh, wow. Wow. How did I get here? But I'm loving every minute of it. It's just really a phenomenal, um, it was a phenomenal experience. Really, really great. How did you get over the intimidation factor of leading, you know, a fitness class for the Navy? I'm, I'm sure there was a lot of incredibly... Uh, macho people <laughs> that you had to train. Yes, 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 and yes. There were people that, um, you know, I'm not going to lie. They didn't really want to hear anything from a. Yeah, that that attitude's changing. But some of them were like, yeah, well, you know, you're just some lady, right? And I was like, well, you know, um, hang on, <laughs> uh, fasten your seatbelt. We're going to have some fun here. So um, that was kind of something to overcome. But really, it was just making sure that I put out a good product. I presented myself well. I was able to demonstrate what I was asking them to do. Okay. So I just really took my level of fitness really seriously because I really wanted to have them benefit to the best of their abilities. So sure. I think that's a lot like uh, women coaching in tennis where they there's a struggle for women coaches to have kind of legitimacy and it's a very male-dominated environment, unfortunately. Thankfully, there's some things that are changing with the Women's Tennis Coaching Association and some new initiatives within the USTA, but I'm sure that was an uphill challenge for you, especially when you're in a community of people who pride themselves on being the fittest in the world. Exactly. It really was. It really was. And there were times when I was just like, oh my gosh, how am I going to ever overcome this? But once they saw 
that I was able to do what they could do, right? Once they heard my method to my madness and my reasoning behind their their movement, okay, and the benefits, then they started going, oh, well, I guess this lady kind of knows what she's talking about. So yeah, it really, and, and, I, and up until, I would say probably about 10, 15 years ago, women really weren't that integrated into the military, especially on the Navy, because when you deploy on a ship, you know, they were afraid of it becoming the love boat, right, with male and female there. So the Navy was one of the last services to really kind of integrate women. So it really is still um, a male-dominated, but that is changing. Interesting. Well, let's jump into your tennis career, uh, which I'm sure you are passionate about sharing. You started playing about 10 years ago? Okay, yes, I did. And I did it as a way to kind of connect with my son, who was in college at the time. And I said, you know what, let's, when he was on a break and I would have a day off, I'd say, you know what, let's go find something to do outside. Let's not sit around. And, um, so he said, okay, and what? <laughs> of course, and I was like, uh, let me look at the city recreational leagues and you know what they have to offer. And I just said, hey, how about tennis? And he's like, yeah, sure, we'll give it a try. And that's all it took. He loved it. I loved it. Had a great time. It's a great social outlet. It was a great bonding experience for us. Something even today that we still share a passion for. Your first experience was a tennis class as a part of recreation? Yes. Similar to what you talk about, the city of Azusa and the and the recreational um, programs that you guys offer for the city. That's great. Um, for the, yeah, yeah, it was. It really was. So really enjoyed it. Love the, um, you know, I love the exercise. I love the endorphin rush. I love the fact that I was in control of, of how I could progress and how I could learn from the professionals to really up my level. And they're very, you know, as you know, tennis is kind of a selfish sport for lack of a better term, because you're thinking about all about you and what you're doing on the court. And that changes when you're with doubles and you're thinking about your partner and you, but it's also kind of lonely, right? So when you think about tennis and it's really an individual, how am I going to perform when I step on that court? And how am I going to do the best of my ability to, let's face it, we all like to win, right? But um, Yeah. So, but it's been a real steep learning curve, right? I mean, all of a sudden you're like, yeah, some opponents one time, my, my doubles partner and I said, let's just play in a fun tournament. And these ladies, I promise you, were probably 80 plus years old with, with, um, you know, knee, uh, knee straps around them and their ankles and their, and their, um, their elbows and such. And I was like, we got this right. She's like, no problem. <laughs> well, was basically love sex, love sex. So, you know, yeah, those people that are playing a long time, I am admire and very, very jealous of the fact you guys could just place that ball and you look so not threatening, but you can just basically school us. So good for them. So It is a pretty steep learning curve, but you must be a competitive person because I find that the people who really stick with tennis are the people who love to win. I do. 
I do love to win. I though, you know, come growing up in a big family, I'm one of six kids, right? And so it was just kind of survival of the fittest whenever we'd go out and play um, kick the can or softball or um, hide and seek or whatever the case may be. And um, there was always either my dad or an older sibling that was always winning. And of course, you know, what that just kind of sticks in a young person's mind. It was like, wait a minute, I'm going to find a way around this. And if it's the last thing I do, and I'm going to beat you one day. So it kind <laughs> of started from that. It kind of started from that to um, when you go out into a tennis court, you want to win, you win and you lose. But um, I really, really have always appreciated, and it's something that I pride myself on, is that you win some, you lose some. Be a gracious loser as much as a um, excited winner. There are ladies, unfortunately, that I play um, against in women's leagues. I mean, this is probably pretty common throughout the country. They are very sore losers and don't want to shake your hand or in today's world, maybe give you a virtual elbow um, bump. And that is something that just kind of leaves you with a sour taste in your mouth. I'm sure you've had that, Philip, where people oh, yeah. are just... I, I've been oh, there. <laughs> oh, okay. You seem so happy-go-lucky that you wouldn't, that wouldn't be part of your repertoire. Well, you know what happens you know? when you get on the tennis court. You, you, all your passion uh, becomes inflamed and you just want to win. So I think I'm like you. I'm, I'm uh, very competitive. But I definitely have learned over the years that tennis is just a game. It doesn't define who you are. It doesn't define whether you live or die. It's just something that you enjoy. And you definitely enjoy it a lot less if you take it so seriously that you hurt other people. So did you play tennis at all in connection with the Navy? Or is there tennis in the Navy? There is recreational tennis in the Navy, and every year they would have a tennis ladder for women and men. And as long as you either worked on the base or you were um, a military member, you could join. And there are tennis courts outside of the gyms. And I just on a whim said, well, that would be a great thing to do. And so I did. And my first time that I did the tennis ladder. Don't ask me how this happened, but I won. <laughs> and I say, I say wow. that in jest because it almost seemed like it was almost too easy, but not that I'm like Mrs. Fabulous Tennis Pro, but it just all of a sudden, wow, okay, I guess I won. So then of course that created more of a desire to want to continue. And of course the other two times I did, I lost. I did not win. <laughs> The trophies. So, so very uh, um, equalizing, isn't it? Tennis is. <clears throat> sure. What is it like, the tennis program in the Navy? I don't think I've ever heard of that. Well, um, as far as um, playing tennis? Yeah. I mean, are there a lot of players in the Navy that are playing tennis? Is it? Is there a big league? Uh, is it, how would you define okay, it? Okay. So it's really kind of a informal, hey, if you guys want to play tennis, and of course, any of the military retirees or active duty men and women, a lot of them have played all throughout their lives, right? They could come and join the tennis ladder. 
And then it would start a certain time date and then end a certain date. And then we would just continue playing throughout the summer. And so that is a really like a recreation league. As far yes. as like the Navy sports, there are Navy sports where they do play football against each other and they actually traveled across the country to different bases. That's not with tennis. So they kind of keep it local within the bases. I have to say there's a lot of tennis players on the world's largest Navy base, especially the males. So it's still pretty, you know, pretty um, popular, even though they're out That's to sea for a while and they come back in, they're still sticking to their tennis game. Wow, that is so cool. Is the general public, civilians, are they allowed to go on the base and play tennis or is it just all Navy off? Okay, no, because of all of the, you know, the terrorists, um, the unfortunate, yes. you know, the rise of terrorism in our, you know, in the world. Um, you have to have um, identification and credentials to be able to get through the base. Now, if I had a civilian friend that was in the car with me and I was driving and I could present my ID, um, they could get on the base with me, but otherwise, no. Yeah. So. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. So, so yeah, for tennis, that kind of, I've been playing for about 10 years. I'm certainly um, super need room for improvement, but I love it. I love it. I love it. I try to play about (laughs) <laughs> Three to four times a week. I know I'm preaching to the choir with you because you are this Mr. Tennis Man in California, but um, it's just, I don't know, it's like my happy place. It really is, which I'm sure you have found yourself. Yeah, and, and even seeing your pictures on Instagram, and I'll put that in the show notes so people can follow you, but seeing your pictures on Instagram makes me really happy when I see you playing and you're saying how happy you are. And you know, def- definitely one of the reasons that I said, oh, I need to interview this passionate tennis player. And I thought originally you were in Seattle because your Instagram name is uh, Seattle yes. Gray. Seattle right? M. Gray, yes. Yes, well, yeah, the, you can't take, you could take the girl out of Seattle, but you can't take Seattle out of the girl. I still, I still have that <laughs> as my profile name. Yeah, but because of my lifestyle, I am over on, with the military, I'm over on the East Coast. Try to get back once or twice every other year just on in the summertime. As you know, you've been to Seattle, what I saw on Instagram. Sometimes it's not cool and rainy and not so fun weather. And other times it's beautiful and mountains and tall green trees and the water. So I try to go in the summertime. How about you when you go? Um, yeah, I usually go for work. So I just end up there either for tennis or for like the event that you saw that I was producing yeah, and it's it's always fun. It's a great, great space. Gotcha, gotcha. So I really am passionate, in addition to tennis, I'm passionate about educating tennis players about the benefits of yoga because yoga is beyond beneficial for everybody, everybody's body. And then you put that in the repertoire of someone that plays tennis and it is exponentially even a greater benefit. Let me ask you, Philip, have you ever done yoga before? I haven't. I have not done yoga. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's normal. A lot of people are like, yeah, yeah, I know. I think sometimes as a yoga instructor, I teach at a yoga studio out in Virginia Beach. I love it. I absolutely love it. And taught on the base for about three years. Loved it, loved it, loved it. 
started bringing the community of the yoga community on the Navy base, we really cultivated a huge following and um, people would come with all different walks of life, shapes, sizes, body aches, um, medical problems. Um, and they would come, I would just guide them, but it was, they, they were the ones that would come into the room, roll out their mat and show up every day. And they're the ones that benefited. They would tell me, Marsha, I don't have plantar fasciitis anymore. Oh, Marsha, I don't have, you know, my rotator cuff feels better. Oh, I feel like I am open more in my body and it just feels better and I can move with ease. So that is beyond gratifying. That's so great. And because tennis is such a physical game and getting more and more physical every day, the ball is just moving faster. People really need to be in the best shape. Uh, Can you explain to us as a certified yoga teacher, how does yoga help your tennis? What what do you find that it really improves? Great question. Okay. So yoga helps us explore movement in our body in maybe different areas. Like Let's just say, for example, when you, your, your typical work day, if you were like working at an office, you'd walk forward, you get in your car, you sit. Most of us slump a little bit, you know, looking over our phones, or maybe you're tired and you're kind of slumping over while you're driving. Okay, bad posture, right? You get out, you walk forward, and you go sit down at your desk for several hours a day, right? So yoga allows you to move laterally. It allows you to rotate your spine. It allows you to open your shoulder girdle and open your hips and keep the synovial fluids in those joints nice and limber and open. Why is the tennis that, I mean, yoga that much more beneficial for tennis is because the shoulders, the upper body, the shoulder turn and rotation, that uniturn when you do the, the forehand or the backhand, right? When you rotate the hips and shoulder turn, you need pliability and movement from side to side laterally to be able to get that full range of motion. And then you can plant your feet. And when you do your um, your forehand, for example, you maybe an open stance, this allows you to have a great base of support to allow you to be more powerful, um, maybe with with your swing and much more dynamic and powerful with your serve. If you've got a healthy shoulder girdle. Um, Also, I really preach, we do a lot of movements in yoga for the, like a, it's called a wide leg forward fold, which is kind of just the same thing as just folding, you know, you're standing and you go down to maybe touch your toes. You just take a step back you rotate to one side of your mat, that's a wide leg forward fold. And then maybe you bend your knees side to side, right? Those are um, training and elongating the adductors, the inner thighs of your body, as well as your outer thigh, the abductors, okay? Because think of Djokovic. He's always got a wide stance when he's on the court. If you can picture him right now, he's usually has his knees bent a little bit and he's got a very wide base of support. That's really important. And how are you going to work on having a natural base of support? You've got to open those inner thighs and outer thighs, right? And you've got to rotate the hips out 
little bit of a rotation, internal and external rotation, that gives you a bigger base of support. So with that, um, it allows you to really kind of have the feeling. Remember when we were kids and you could just go out and start picking up a baseball and start playing or basketball or Frisbee or whatever the heck, you know, the soccer, whatever. And no matter what you wanted to do, your body would go in that position and you would just freely move, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so... But then as we get older and we get more sedentary or we have a job and we don't go outside and play with our friends, right? And we just maybe go to the gym. (laughs) Those areas, the muscle bellies of the body, this is another good reason for yoga, begin to shorten, right? The muscle bellies are a certain length. If you don't use them, much like a rubber band, they're going to shorten and get stiff, so if you are elongating the muscle bellies of the, of your hamstrings, which are really important in tennis too, gives you more explosive movement. When you split step, all of that in your quads, right? So if you're elongating your muscle bellies, opening your shoulder girdle, making sure you're paying attention to your rotator cuffs, which are an area of injury for a lot of people on the backside of your back. Like let you think of your pec muscles. It's an opposing muscle group right there. And then you're also working your um, scapula, which helps take those shoulder blades up and down as they go throughout the day. All of that is related to your serve and your movement on the court, right? So think of, yeah. think of like maybe an older person in your life, maybe a grandparent or maybe a parent or whatever. And you know how people typically when they get older, when they walk, they start shuffling a little bit. And yeah, I had this maybe a little bent over, maybe a little bent over. Yep. Because they tend to get a little more sedentary and tired and such that just happens with the human body. So it's really, really important to keep in charge of your body's movement open up the hips, open up the shoulder, elongate the muscle bellies. It's going to help your tennis game. It's going to make you a little bit more, uh, it's going to faster your reactions, better split step, better power in your legs, okay, more explosive movements, right? Sometimes when you are moving side to side, you're going to have a wider base to support and stronger muscles. So back to the the elderly people, they might hunch over, they might shuffle. It's because they don't really move the way they used to. They still had long muscle bellies like we do. It's just over years, like a rubber band, start shortening and shortening and shortening. So when they go up to walk, maybe walk the dog or walk with their grandchild or their their child, they're much slower than maybe the, the other person. And so... I always preach you can be tight and you can be, oh gosh, I have no flexibility, but you can always work on it and improve it. it you might not be able to, you know, put your forehead down to where you're seated, put your forehead straight down onto your knees. That's okay, but you're getting more flexible for your body. And that's all win win. 
It's a win-win. That's so great. I know uh, I have taught uh, older people serve, and the service motion is pretty strenuous on the body. And lots of people that I have worked with have lost the ability to have their the racket drop behind their back because they just don't have that flexibility in their shoulders and their kind of upper back any longer. And it's great to hear that maybe they can improve on that flexibility if they were to use something like yoga. I know for myself, I'm thinking a lot about balance these days. Of course, my favorite player is Roger Federer, and I think he's the most balanced player on the court in the pro tour. I, when I watch myself on video, I'm always so ashamed that I'm so off balance when I'm hitting the ball. Uh, so I've been thinking about that a lot. And I've got to think that yoga maybe helps with balance. Absolutely. And just a quick point before I forget, reading in your bio, you said you're this is such an uh, ironic thing. Your f- two favorite players are Federer and Maria Sharapova, and same with me. Same with me. Aha, uh-huh. okay, good. <laughs> so, you know, symbiotic, great minds think alike. Yeah, but you know, you can, what people have different opinions about Maria, but I really admire her work ethic and what she did for her career and, and what she's doing after now. But, um, and Roger, oh my gosh, wow. I mean, such a fan of his. So, but yes, back to what you were saying. Yes, balance is really key. Back to that wider base of support. So if you are going to balance, right, and you're hip width apart, and somebody said, lift your foot, right? You might get all wobbly, right? But if you, but then that's, for example, a lot of us amateur players We'll be at the net ready for that ball and are, and are waiting for the serve and we're ready for the ball and our feet are hip width apart, right? And we're all ready. Oh, I'm going to go ahead and smash this and, you know, all that. That's where the base of support for balance when you hit your, when, when you go for your 400, your backhand or your volley comes really integral because if you started at the net, you probably already know this and you probably teach this. PK, but um, if you start with a wider base at the net, especially, and even at the baseline, you've got much more stability, better position for when you have to take that backhand volley or step to take that forehand volley, right? Yes. And then you, your upper body is not leaning over right. while your lower body is still, you know, forward, squared hips. So... If you widen your base right. and you move from side right. to side, laterally, split step, go back, right? You are, you, the only thing you have to be mindful of is not letting your upper body, your shoulders, and your head start leaning because oftentimes I do this. I start leaning. I'm like, okay, I'm coming from my backhand, especially at the net. And I am in that hip width apart. And then I start getting off balance. Poof. My head goes to the left. My shoulder goes to my left, but my my hips are lagging behind. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I completely understand what you're saying. And it is something that I try to teach and also try to learn because I, I feel like I need to improve on my balance as well. <laughs> so, so what I preach when I teach yoga, and especially if I can get my tennis player friends to come to my yoga class, which I they have gotten, oh, yeah, okay, Marsha, I'll come. And then they're like, wow, wow, I feel so much better. And it's almost like that after the first class, right? Sometimes even after the first class, I always teach on stability in your body. What does that mean? That means 
working on being very strong from like a house, from your feet and the foundation of a home all the way up. The stronger you start from the bottom and then you strengthen your calves when you're split stepping, right? You are making your way up to your hips and your knees, right? Those are strong. Of course, pretty much everything in yoga and tennis starts and stops with the core, really strong core, all the way up to the roof line, right? Your shoulders are open. Stability in your body is going to get you a lot further. As we all age, I call it aging with ease. I preach stability and muscle endurance with yoga poses as we hold them or we balance on one foot, right? Yep. Um, we, we work and build muscle and we build muscle endurance. We get stability, but that way our, we lift one leg and all of a sudden, oop, the core is like, oh, I guess I have to start waking up and working here. So stability is the most important thing on the tennis court, on yoga, really, and in your every activities of daily living, ADL, which is the basis of functional fitness, right? So stability before mobility. So make sure you're nice and stable and then work on your mobility from there because the more stable you are, the better you're going to be able to move. Does that make sense? It sure does. And I really appreciate you sharing that. I I think it would be great for you to produce a yoga tennis video because I think all of my students should be watching it and I should be watching it as well. One of the things that most people struggle with at the recreational level is they basically are standing up while they're hitting. There, There is no base. There is no kind of lower core uh, strength. So so because of that, they're always leaning to one side or the other, right? When they're hitting. Yes. Uh, they don't have that strong foundation that you're preaching. What's one exercise that you think would really help people to to go lower and to have a stronger base? Because I think a lot of people are afraid of hurting their knees or they don't have the strength in their legs or their core. Okay, good question. So, you know, once you start any kind of functional fitness movement, meaning anything that mimics your everyday movement, right? Once you start that, those are typically compound exercises. You know, when you don't want to do a bicep curl, you're isolating for the bicep muscle, right? A compound move is maybe we're working our quads, we're working our glutes, we're working our hamstrings, we're working our our core, When we go down into a squat, just body weight squat from your home, you're sitting back in a chair, right? So when you do kind of any kind of compound move, you're benefiting your lower body and your core or your upper body and your core. So a squat is a great exercise because it forces you to tighten the core and it forces you to build some endurance and you don't have to go down real low like those fitness professionals you see maybe some people they've got kind of temperamental knees they want to just come down maybe an inch or two that that's still a squat in your body whoever you are right so you can do that kind of a movement you're working your core your glutes your, your quads right and then i really suggest a great piece of equipment that's really affordable that you can put in your two pieces actually that you can put in your tennis bag is a a band you see the bands that are the rubber and they've got a handle on both ends you can see them at most big box stores or sporting goods stores 
Are you familiar with what I'm talking about? Yeah, I use them every day. The, the stretch band, the elastic band, yes, the handles. Yes, that's a great tool for any tennis player. And I'll get into the exercises that I would highly recommend. And then also, whether or not it's been 85 years since you last jumped rope, I'm just being facetious, of course. I'm not talking about you. But let's say it's been 20, 30 years since you <laughs> jumped rope. A jump rope is a great tool because it works on building endurance, building your explosiveness in your um, your, your lower body and your quads and your calf. And then it also works on your footwork because you're not looking down and you have to remember, okay, automatically, okay, I got to jump, 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 jump. Now, if a jump rope is too daunting for some people, they're like, oh my gosh, then you can simulate jump rope the same way and just do like with your hands, do like your, your um, j- jumping rope with an invisible jump rope. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's a great that's a great uh, suggestion, using an invisible jump rope. And it keeps your cardiovascular system taxed in a way where it can keep you your longer endurance in the longer matches, especially, you know, the men that go longer matches. So um, back to the, um, the stretch bands with the, with the handles, find an anchor, whether let's say you're outside court, there, there's probably a, there's probably a fence, right. Or something or a bench or something that you can anchor that band onto. Right. So then you'll be facing the, the anchor, whatever it is, and your hips are square as you face that anchor. And you're going to be holding that band with each hand, right hand and left hand. And then you want to work on maybe doing a reverse fly, which is just taking those knuckles out to the side and back in. Okay. This is working your core right here, working your, your back muscles right here, working your arm muscles all really important for your serve. And then I invite people to take both handles, bring the hands together, and then ro- keep your hips square, rotate as far as you can to the right. So that gets that unitern movement that I was talking about earlier, which you're, I'm sure you're familiar with, right? I'm sure you teach right. that to people. You're taking in the right, you're also working your obliques, your core, you're working your rotation in your hips, and your shoulders, then go back to center, go the opposite direction, like maybe you're going to your backhand, right? That's a great one to do. Also, um, another one would be to take that band and go up at a diagonal, one at a time, up at a diagonal, because that also sets you up for overheads and your set and your- Serve um, too, yeah. Serve, yes. Go up at a diagonal to the right, diagonal to the left. That is just kind of a great inexpensive uh, piece of equipment you just throw into your bag. And I'm sure you do a lot of that to help your um, your students warm up and get a little bit more limber. Is that probably true? It's or? very true. I, I'm a big preacher of uh, warm up and getting the blood flowing, getting the body warm uh, before and then hard stretching after tennis when your body is warm and your muscles are kind of tightening up. So I'm sure I could learn a ton from you. And I just love all these great ideas that you're sharing. And I can hear the passion that you have for people to be better fit. I I really, yes, I am. I'm really passionate about, you know, if you're going to be, we are all going to age, right? 
And if you're going to be playing tennis, great. I hope to be able to play with you, right? That would be so fun. And, but wouldn't it? Yeah. And um, not only that, but why don't we all work on our mobility and our stability in our body? Open up, keep that shoulder girdle nice and open. I can't tell you, I'm on, I'm on the taller side, so I can't tell you how many times I've been in a grocery store here in Virginia, and an elderly person will go, "Excuse me, but can you, can you grab that um, thing for me at the top shelf?" And I'm like, "Sure." And I sometimes I look at them, I'm like, "I've done that." I'm thinking that in my head, but they can't because they can't do that full reach like they used to because again, their muscle bellies have shortened, their shoulders. Are not like you told me about the elderly people in that do lessons. Trying to just put that racket back in that backpack is just really, you know, excruciating for them to do. Yeah. So this is a great way to keep it nice and open and limber. Think about when we were younger, like I talked about, we were able to pretty much put our body in weird contortions and things that we would never be able to do now because it's been so long when our body's not used to it. Another great thing to maybe have at home, Philip, and you can maybe tell your um, students this, is to get a foam roller, right? Do you have one yourself I for do. your own personal? Yes. You do. Yeah. Aren't they great? They are awesome. So um, all of us are pretty tight in our IT bands on the outside of our thighs. That limits your range of motion when you are on the tennis court. But a great thing to think about with the, maybe you probably do this, but I'll just tell you anyways. A really great thing that a lot of people forget about, and we work on this in yoga, and it's really important for, for tennis, is if you've got a foam roller, the thoracic spine. You're like, oh, it's a spine. Your spine is a spine. The top of your spine near your neck is the cervical spine. The lower part of your spine is the lumbar spine. The mid-back, right? That's the thoracic spine. Now, if you don't use it and stretch it out, again, it's going to get tight. You're not going to have a lot of mobility in your thoracic spine. Thoracic spine comes in very, very handy, especially with your serve. So a nice thing to do is put your foam roller on your floor, come back down onto the floor, lean back on it, and let it lay back on so it's even with your mid-back, your thoracic spine, right? Your knees are bent. And then kind of hang there, breathe. Go back and forth a little bit, kind of trying to open up that thoracic spine. And if you really want to do two for one, like I talk about compound moves, you can take a weight or a block or a book or bottled water or a can at your house of goods, vegetables or whatever, and you can... Go ahead and put your head back and your arms back, holding that weight or no weight. And then your spine is on the thoracic spine of that foam roller. And then you're going to come up into a crunch and then back. Does that make sense? Yeah, I do understand. You have yeah. so much information. I, I think it would be great to have people share. And of course, they can contact you. Uh, if you don't mind, I'll give out your email address in the show notes. Sure, sure. I love connecting with you, Philip. You, I mean, everything you show is all positive and it's super tennis centric. And I absolutely <laughs> love that. I love it. I love it. I love it. And you're always smiling no matter what you're doing. And I love it. So whatever it is you're doing, keep it up because it is very inspiring. Well, thank you so much. And really be safe out there in Virginia. I know it's just starting. You're like two to three weeks behind for your peak. Quick. Hopefully you'll be back on the court soon. The same to you, 
Philip, I really appreciate Hopefully I didn't overly wind you out and bore you guys to sleep <laughs> and give you way too much info. So I appreciate you um, taking the time. I really appreciate, um, you know, connecting with you again, even through social media and now through um, your podcast. I'll be looking for all of your other fabulous podcasts and I myself will also make sure I direct people to your podcast as well and your social media oh, if that's okay. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. It's a pleasure having you on the podcast and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. You stay safe, okay? Okay. Okay, bye-bye. Wow, I am so excited to start adding yoga to my tennis workout plan. I definitely want to get that mid-thorax activated and fire up those muscle bellies. You can follow Marsha Gray along her fitness and tennis journey on Instagram at SeattleMGray, that's G-R-A-Y, and visit lovesetmatch.net for a complete blog post with all of her information and some free yoga tips. If you want more information on how yoga can be your secret weapon in tennis, just send me an email to pk at tennispal.com and we are going to help Marsha distribute her top 10 yoga moves to improve tennis to all our listeners. And thanks so much for listening. We would love to hear from you via email or social media. You can reach out to me on any social media platform at lovesetmatch. We are planning a great fan favorite report from all over the world covering your favorite players and what they're doing during the sheltering at home 2020s. If you would like to share your passion for a player, you can join our team by sending me an email at pk at Until next time, be safe, stay at home, and may all your serve practices at home be aces. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station.